0: we am going to begin a series today called Freedom Through the Blood. How many of you know that the Lord has given us the ability to live in freedom? Amen. And and so what we're going to be talking about over the next several weeks as we head into the Easter season is that we're going to be talking about how that we are able to live in that freedom through the blood of Jesus Christ. So I'm going to ask you this morning to take your Bibles and go all the way back to the book of Genesis chapter 1. We're going to start in Genesis and and we'll move forward today out of that. Uh, And as you're turning there, let me greet the campuses today. We welcome you. We're glad you're with us today. We're excited about what God is doing there in those local houses, and we're believing today that the presence and the power of God will minister to you there today as well as he ministers here. The book of Genesis, the first chapter, beginning in verse number 26, says this, Then God said, Let us make man in our image, according to our likeness. Let them have dominion over the fish of the sea, over the birds of the air, over the cattle, over all the earth, over every creeping thing that creeps on the earth. Verse 27, So God created man in his own image, in the image of god he created him male and female he created them would you look in chapter 2 verse 7 one more verse it says and the lord god formed of the dust of the ground for man of the dust of the ground and breathed into his nostrils the breath of life and man became a living being another translation says and man became a speaking spirit i love that translation here's what we find is is that through the word of god we find that god created us in his image and in his likeness and, and that in the process of that God made man and what he did was he made man out of the dust of the earth He made us out of terra firma. He made us out of this planet that we had been placed upon now Here's why he, I think with with all of my heart Why he did that is because it lets us know that this is our place of residence I am made out of the earth. Therefore. This is where I am supposed to be right and so when I begin to understand that, I begin to live in a different way. I begin to understand that. But, but watch this. I don't know how God did this. I, I don't understand it. Everything else God had created, he had spoken into existence. The Bible says, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. The earth was out form and void, and darkness was upon the face of the deep. And God said, and God begins to say, and as God says, everything begins to explode night and day and, and, and the water separating and all the things. And, and then he starts speaking the creeping things, and right? Starts speaking animals. And, and, and evidently, God just said, let animals. And here they came and all of this. And and then, though, he got to man on the, on the, the, the sixth day there. He got to man, and the Bible says that somehow God came into the earth. God showed up into this earth in which he had been speaking into in fact the word of God says that, that the, the spirit of God brooded over the face of the deep that, that God just kind of brooded over the planet but then when he got ready to create man somehow he stepped out of eternity and came into time I can't go there and and when he came into time the word of God says that he he formed man now I don't know. I wish that we had a, a replay of that I wish we could just hit replay this morning and, and on the video screen just boom there it was and, and we see how god did this but anyway god god forms man and man is perfect i mean if you were to have seen adam he was the best looking man that there has ever been except me i'm kidding i mean he he was it he was the top he was everything i mean he, he was all but if you were to look it out there you'd say man that's a great-looking guy. He, he's got, you know, his, his, his parts, his being, everything about him is great. He's perfect, but he's dead. There's no life in him. God's created this perfect being, but there's no life in him. The Bible says that God breathed in the man. And, and here's what happened. <clears throat> when God breathed in the man, life began. All right? Life did not begin... Until the breath of God came into man. All man was, was a great part of creation, but he wasn't alive. Then God breathed into him, and man came alive. Now, now when when we see that, when when you look at the breath of God in the New Testament, the word is pneuma. It's P-N-E-U-M-A. It's pneuma, and it means the Holy Spirit. God, the Holy Spirit, into man don't miss it and when he the Holy Spirit into man man became a speaking spirit I just go as slow as I need to and and as he breathes in the man all of a sudden man begins all of his parts are there all of his beings there all the organs are there everything's there but at the breath of God Blood begins to circulate in his body. Now, here's what the Scripture says about blood. The Bible says that the life is in the blood. Right? Life is in the blood. Now, now we understand that in natural. I, I can tell you this. If, if they take all of your blood out of your body, I don't care how perfect your body is, it will be dead. Right? They can put antifreeze in, it's still going to be dead. They can put you in a cryogenic chamber and you're still going to be dead. D-E-A-D, dead, because the life is in the blood. But not only is that true in the natural, and I don't miss this today. I want you to get this. If you miss everything else, get this. Not only is natural life in the blood, but spiritual life also is in the blood. The life, when I receive Jesus Christ, when he's... Into my being, when life comes into me, blood, the blood of Jesus Christ speaks and brings life into my being, and all of a sudden, I begin to really become alive. Jesus said it this way. He said, the thief comes before to kill, to steal, and destroy, but I am come that you may have life. John 10, 10, look it up. That you may have life and that you can have it more abundantly. Now, now, we've been given that. The breath of God comes into our life. So, so we're living beings. We're, 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 we're at, the, at the life of God. The blood begins to flow, and Adam steps up, and a little bit later, Eve is formed, and they're, they're walking in the garden, and everything is cool. Everything is wonderful. Uh, they, they've been given that. And actually, at that point in time, Adam and Eve were immortal. Think about that. They were going to live forever. Why? Why? Because, get this, the breath of God had created the blood source in their being, and they were perfect. Now, they they tell us that we only use about uh, less than 20% of our brain. I think some of us have got that beat. (laughs) Now, you can take that either way you want to. I'm not going to mess with that. But watch, Adam and Eve used 100%. Think about it. Think about what man has been able to do with less than 20% of the capacity of their brains. What could you do if you had the entirety functioning at that level? And no, no wonder when, when God brought every animal before Adam, Adam said, that's a giraffe, that's an orangutan, that's a zebra. That's, I mean, it it, it wasn't, he wasn't trying to think, he had it, it was there, it was in him because the life of God was in him. So when, when we look at this, we understand that being created out of the dust of the earth shows where our residence is, but the breath of God that comes into us proves to us our place of inheritance. Get it? The dust proves our residence. The breath proves our inheritance. Listen, I'm thankful to be here, but one of these days, I'm not going to be here anymore. W- w- one of these days, the, the Word of God lets me know that that I'm going to leave this place but because the breath of God has come into my life, I am going to my inheritance, which is heaven, because I have received that into my spirit. And so I know that today. And, and, and so as you begin to look at this, you say, well, you know, that's wonderful, but mankind fell. He sinned and, and uh, he, he found himself in trouble. Uh, wh- where do we go from here? Well, he, here's what I'm talking to us today. I want to talk to us about the power that's in the blood. What is the power that's in the blood and, and who who brings that into our life? Well, it comes through Jesus Christ. Jesus Christ, um, everything else till Jesus was a type and a shadow. All the Old Testament sacrifices, all the things that took place back there were a type and a shadow of things to come. In fact, they were all pointing to Jesus. And Jesus shows up. But, but watch how Jesus came. The, the book of Luke, the first chapter, verse 35 says, And the angel answered and said to her, Mary said, How am I, I going to have a baby? The Holy Spirit will come upon you, and the power of the highest will overshadow you. Therefore, also the Holy One who is to be born will be called the Son of God. How's it going to happen? Mary? How, how, how's this going to take place? The Holy Spirit, Mary, just as the Spirit of God breathed into Adam, the Holy Spirit's going to breathe into you and you're going to become pregnant. Matthew 1.18 says, now the birth of Jesus Christ was as follows. After his mother Mary was betrothed to Joseph, before they came together, she was found with child of the Holy Spirit. Now, Get this, the blood of Jesus, the blood that was in his body, was produced by the Holy Spirit. When the breath of life came into him, then, then or came into Mary, then as, as that took place, conception happened, and, and he began to have a blood source. And that blood source was a, a powerful, supernatural flow that was in his life. Uh, That's why Jesus could say, remember uh, in Scripture where Jesus said, I am the life? He said, I'm the resurrection and the life. Why is he the life? Well, remember, the life is in the blood. And so what's in him is pure blood. It's holy blood. It is everlasting blood. Now, how many of you know you and I needed somebody to who was pure and holy to take care of all of our unholiness and so Jesus shows up to do that uh, so so the body the body of Jesus was born of woman and that body was mortal In fact, we're gonna see uh, in this series that that body one day lays down and spends three days right three days dead the body was dead but life from God was immortal. And, and, and we've got to understand that. And, and so when, when you begin to look at this, what you find is, is that every aspect of salvation involves blood. When, when you begin to understand that, you begin to see it. 2 Corinthians five twenty one says, for he made him, speaking of Jesus, who knew no sin to be sin for us, that we might become the righteousness of God in him. Now, now get this this morning. Jesus knew no sin he was perfect the blood that was in him was spotless perfect blood and he became sin so that you could be righteous now I want to I want to help you this morning I want you to get it I don't know what somebody has seen you doing this week but if the life of Jesus is in you you're righteous they may show them and say, I saw you lose it. I saw you do this. I saw all this. But you can say, wait a minute. I'm righteous. Why? Because the life of Jesus is is inside of me, he took my sins, he suffered the, the pain, he suffered the beating, he suffered all those things. and so today, through the blood of Jesus Christ, I am saved. See, the, the, the body became sin, and the body was given as a sacrifice. and it produces some things in our life. The, the word of God tells us that the blood of Jesus redeems us. I don't miss it. Let me, let me read it to you. 1 Peter 1, 18 and 19 says, Knowing that you were not redeemed with corruptible things like silver and gold from your aimless conduct received by tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot. You've been redeemed. Now, that word redeemed means to be bought back. It's, it's In our scenario and in our time, it's, it's kind of the, the pawn shop thing. Now, come on, fess up at church. Any of you watch uh, any of these reality shows about pawn shops? Come on, tell the truth. I've been watching them. All right, so you can join me. And, and, and I love those guys that are in Las Vegas. Anybody else? I don't like the guys in Detroit. They're goofy. But the, 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 the guys that's in Las Vegas and, and, and Chumney, right? Isn't he a piece of work? Come on, get real. All right, if you haven't been watching it, watch it. It'll, it'll set you free. Because some of you are way too religious, I can tell, all right? And, and, and the whole, see, I, I used to work in a pawn shop, so I understand. The, the, the whole process of, of, a, of a redeem is in a pawn shop, you bring something in, they give you a certain amount of money, and then at a certain time, if you want that property back, you have to go and redeem it. You have to buy it back again. You have to redeem. That's what Jesus did. We were created in the image of God, but through the fall of man, we were sold into slavery. But Jesus Christ came to redeem us back, not with silver and gold, but by the blood of the Lamb. He has said, I will redeem you. That's what the blood does. It buys me back. I'm no longer a servant of sin. I'm no longer a servant of Satan. I don't answer to the old master anymore. I answer to my new master, Lord Jesus Christ, who has saved me. He has redeemed me. He has bought me back from sin. But not only does the blood redeem us, the blood purifies us. Hebrews 9.22 says, And according to the law, almost all things are purified with blood, and without shedding of blood, there is no remission. Now, don't, don't answer this. Don't raise your hand. Don't even look. You know, I just look at the camera and talk to the campuses since I can't see them. How many of you have ever done anything back there in your past that you need to be purified from? Don't raise your hand. I mean, just just some things you go, man, I don't want anybody to know that I did that. I would never want that on the front page of the paper or on television so that the world could see. But you know what? When you come in a relationship with Jesus Christ, when you give your life to the Lord, the blood of Jesus purifies from all that old junk. They say, you're an adulterer. You say, no, I'm not. You're a thief. No, I'm not. You're an addict. No, I'm not. The Bible says such were some of you, but you've been redeemed. You've been changed. You've been washed by the blood of Jesus Christ. The old things have passed away, and behold, all things have become new today. You have been purified by the blood of Jesus Christ. But I think, and in, in just as I've prepared for this series and just looking at it over the past few years, I think if there's one thing that the blood does that is not talked about enough, it's what I'm going to talk to you about now. Because I think this is one of the most important keys, if you can get this today, that, that you will begin to see something you've never seen before. The book of Genesis the fourth chapter verse 9 and 10 and it's a familiar setting it says then the Lord said to Cain where is Abel your brother he said I don't know am I my what brother's keeper and we're all very familiar with that part but the tenth verse has I think maybe the greatest truth about the blood that is so often missed that I want to read it to you verse 10 And he said, God speaking, and he said, what have you done? The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. Let me just read that again. The voice of your brother's blood cries out to me from the ground. The blood speaks. Don't miss it. The blood speaks. The scripture says that the very blood of Abel was crying out after Cain had killed him. You say, Well, Pastor, what's that so important? Listen to what Hebrews says. Hebrews 12:24 says, to Jesus, the mediator of the new covenant and to the blood of sprinkling, speaking of the blood of Jesus, that speaks better things than that of Abel. I I, I would read that scripture and i go, what is that talking about? I mean, I understand that Abel's blood cried out. Why is it telling us that? Here's, Here's what I believe with all of my heart. If the blood of Abel could cry out, and get God's attention. How much more can the blood of the only begotten Son of God that has been shed upon this ground, how much more does it speak and cry out? And how much more does God pay attention to the blood of Jesus that was poured out for your sin and for my sin? I I mean, it's, it's just unbelievable. I mean, think about this. The Word of God says, and and I don't want to get too far ahead, but the Word of God says that as Jesus hung on the cross and as His blood dripped into the ground, that the very ground began to rip itself apart. The ground began to shake. It began to, and literally the Scripture says that people who had been dead. came out of graves I mean can you imagine grandma's been dead 30 years and all of a sudden grandma walks in to the family reunion that will mess your world up I know I put her down there watch what happened the scripture says that all things were made by him, speaking of Jesus. So, the Creator who had created the world, all of a sudden, that which had been created is now receiving the blood of the Creator. It didn't know what to do. Earth literally began to tear itself apart. Because all of a sudden, the blood of that one who had spoken the earth into existence is now entering into the ground in which it had been spoken. And the earth begins to tremble, it begins to shake, and life is released. Think about that. And that blood speaks. Now, I, I don't know. I, I, grew up, I grew up when church was serious. Now, some of us, some of us, church isn't too serious to us. But I grew up back in the day when when the saints knew how to pray. Any of y'all remember those old saints? You know, I thought they were ancient. They were probably younger than I am now. But, and and, and I, can rem- I, can remember, I can remember the old saints talking about, we're going to have a prayer meeting, and we're going to pray through. Any of you ever heard the term pray through? Come on those of you watching you heard the term pray through I I, I just want to tell you I, I can remember and, and here's what I found out about that praying through business that meant we were going to stay there until they got through and and sometimes they got through in 30 minutes and sometimes I thought eternity was coming Be, because I mean they just keep praying are oh, we uh, I, can we go I'd I, crawl under seats, I'd sleep, I'd write notes, I'd climb over stuff. Well, can we go home now? No, we're, we're going to pray through. I, I've been through for the last hour. No, we're... Right? And, and here's what I can, I can I can remember back in the day, when, you, you remember when we used to have pews? No, you remember that? I mean, those, those sanctified wooden pews. I mean, you know, if you had any kind of a back condition at all, you just, you, you were praying for Jesus to come quickly. <laughs> right? And, and I, you always had the shotgun type churches where you had a section over here and a section over here. And I, I've literally been in churches where all the women sat on one side. Right? All the men sat on the other side and you didn't walk up the center aisle. The only person that walked up the center aisle was the pastor. Am I the only one that goes that old, old school on you? You know, all that kind of jazz. And, and, but I, I can remember the old saints of God, that they'd start walking. They'd start walking around the church. Man, some of y'all need to go to a good prayer meeting, I can tell. Come on, you just need to go where they're just, just going to seek God until. And I can remember they they start walking, they'd put their hand on the back of you, pew, and I can remember certain ones. They, they just saw, and and they, here's what they'd start saying. They'd say, I plead the blood. Ever remember that I plead the blood, and that just be one. Lord, I plead the blood. You know, you know, you know. So and so is going to be sitting here Sunday, and I plead the blood. Yeah. <laughs> I remember, and they'd, they'd walk over here and they would say, "Now, this is the Lord. This is where so and so sits, and and you know that they've been having trouble in their marriage. And today, I just, I just plead the and and I I, and I go, what does that mean? I plead the blood. I plead the blood. Here's what I, th- I really believe that those old saints had something, because here's what was happening. When they begin to plead the blood, if the blood of Abel got God's attention, the blood of Jesus spoke in the heavenlies. And as they're pleading the blood, the blood is speaking on their behalf. I want to tell you, some of you need to learn to let the blood speak on your behalf. You, you, you need to start pleading the blood over your job. You need to start pleading the blood over some members of your family. You need to start pleading the blood over some sicknesses in your body. You need to allow, if the blood of Abel got God's attention. Mm, 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 mm. See, here's what you got to understand. The body contains two elements. It contains the flesh and the organs and all that. And then it contains the blood. And Jesus spends his time in the last moments with his disciples before the crucifixion, and he starts talking about it. Jesus, during the meal, takes the bread and he breaks it and he holds it out to him. He says, guys, take and eat, for this is my body which is broken for you. Now, Now think about this for a minute, the body that is broken is for the covering of our sin you say prove that okay go back to the first mentions in Scripture in Genesis when God came down when Adam and Eve sinned they're hiding God shows up says where are you we're over here hiding why are you hiding because we don't have any clothes on how do you know you don't have any clothes on this woman the serpent the whole thing there and, and uh, The the Word of God says that God slew, God killed an animal and gave them the skins for covering. The body was about covering up their sins. The body of Jesus Christ that was hung on a cross that died, that went into a grave for three days, was about covering your sin. But it doesn't stop there. At the end of the meal, he takes the cup, and he says, with the cup, he says, this is the new covenant in my, what? Blood. The new covenant in my blood. Now, you've got the body that's for the covering of sin, but you've got the blood that's about a new covenant. Oh, man, we, 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 we're missing. we got to get this. Scripture says Abraham was blessed in all things. What is it? Galatians, Ephesians says you have a better covenant than Abraham had. Abraham's blessed in all things. I got a better covenant. How do I have that? Through the blood. Through the life. Through that came in. And that life has now come into me. I got a better covenant. I've been, my sins have been covered. Thank God for that. But I have a covenant with God Almighty God's a covenant-keeping covenant-making God and when he makes a covenant he's going to keep it and so through the blood of Jesus I have this covenant that I can move into and and so the the scripture gives us this whole understanding here see your your blood is about what family you're in you know when, when a baby is conceived, that baby begins to, to itself produce blood. But the type of blood it has is determined by its parents. Okay? And so if the baby has O negative blood, it's because the parents had certain types. It's, it's all, and I'm not going to go on a science lesson, but it's all because of that. He, here's, here's what the deal was. When, when Jesus Christ was conceived in the womb of Mary, the blood That he received is powerful blood it's the blood that washes away the sins of the world you and I have the right now now here's here's the deal if I want to be in a new family I need a new bloodline follow it so if I want to quit living in Satan's kingdom I need a new bloodline. How do I get that? Jesus Christ paid the price. His blood shed on the ground. All I've got to do is let the blood speak for me, receive the breath of God into my life, and now I become a new creation in Christ Jesus. The the old has passed away, and behold, everything has become, what's the word? New. I'm a new creation. I'm not what I used to be. The blood of Jesus Christ is powerful. Jesus took my sin away. Jesus took everything away. And Jesus, in the New Testament, in the book of John, he breathes on the disciples. And he says, watch what he says, Receive ye the Holy Spirit. Pneuma same thing that happened in Genesis in Acts 2 all of a sudden a sound from heaven as of a sudden mighty rushing wind filled the house what was it it was God breathing it was the breath of God coming into that room and the Holy Spirit was poured out upon those who had gathered there listen The blood of Jesus Christ is the most powerful thing on earth. You and I have the right today to experience new life through the blood. Through what Jesus has already done. Do I have to be perfect? No. Do I have to have everything right? Nope. All that I have to do is to allow his breath to come into my life because he's already paid the price. The Bible says, though your sins were as scarlet, they shall be white as snow. Whatever you've done, whatever's happened, the blood of Jesus is more powerful than your greatest sin, more powerful than your greatest need. Over the next few weeks, we're going to be talking about what the blood produced. We're going to be talking about the different places that Jesus shed his blood. Because he didn't just shed his blood on Calvary. He shed it other places. We're going to be talking about and the freedom that it brings to us in our lives. But you know what? Before we get there, we've got to today settle the issue. Do I have the blood of Jesus Christ flowing in my life? Because if I don't, that's the greatest need that I have.